Welcome to the Real Estate Mindset Podcast, hosted by Eric Nelson and brought to you by Wild Oak Capital. Eric is a real estate investor, business owner, and performance coach. Throughout this series, Eric explores the mindset behind why certain investors are so successful and how we can learn from their achievements and failures. Eric asks the tough questions around the habits, discipline, mindset, and more required to achieve the most ambitious goals. Thank you for being here and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Real Estate Mindset. This is your host, Eric Nelson. And today's guest is awesome. I mean, Jamie, just like so much energy and so much, I don't know, like mindset just spews, right? He's just such a cool guy. So I actually skip all the questions at the end because he kind of covers a lot of that through throughout the show. So anyway, I, I've really been excited to, to talk with Jamie. And, and what you'll find in this show is he's talking about his personal life. He dives deep into quitting his job, which he was a very high paid person and really just kind of following his passion and finding who you are. And he also gives some tips around taking some time away to find out what your passion is. So without further ado, I'll bring in Jamie. Jamie Gruber, this is uh, an absolute honor, man. I've, I've looked forward to this day for a while to have you on. So thank you for being here. Yeah, man. Great to be here. I enjoyed our episode on my podcast. This will be a lot of fun uh, being on the other side of it. I know. I kind of love that. I love like being in the hot seat kind of on your show. You're asking questions. And by the way, you're an excellent interviewer. Like even during the show, I said a few times, I'm like, damn, these are good questions. <laughs> but now for, you know, I get the chance to ask you a bunch of questions, which is cool. Cause I'm excited to hear about your journey. Obviously we have a lot to talk about with where you're living now. But let's just kind of start with your path a little bit. Give us the sort of five-minute background where you started and then obviously, again, maybe lead into real estate and where you are now. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a, I say a native New Yorker by way of Boston, eventually landing in Michigan before I moved to where I am now, which is the Dominican Republic. But along the way, I built a pretty, I don't know, sizable corporate career, I guess you could say, or a pretty substantial corporate career. I was with, uh, at 21 years old, I took a job as a claims adjuster with Progressive Insurance. People have heard of that, of course. And I quickly started moving up through the ranks. I was good at it. I was good in claims. I, I went to a supervisory level and a manager position in New York eventually to Boston for like a higher level position in in leadership. And at that point, I had this objective in my brain that I wanted to become an executive because the executive level came with bigger pay, sure, but equity, big bonus, and then just, you know, big team. Like you're you're not line level, you know, you're sort of more strategy based. It just looked like a really interesting job. So for years, I did whatever it took to position myself to be that executive, take jobs that laterally were not guaranteed to be to last like wow we don't know if this position or this department's going to be around but if you can do something with it cool can't guarantee you've got a job <laughs> at the end i'll take it or hey can you hop on a plane with i know your wife just had your first son but 40 45 weeks a year take this other job nobody else will do it i'll do it whatever i got to do i just jumped around laterally while applying for different jobs and eventually got the job in michigan from boston to michigan uh, in 2017 and it's funny, in that moment, when I got the job, you get there, you're like you know, new kid in town, about 30 days later, moved my family there, never had been to Michigan really before, maybe like once on a on a work trip, and that was it. But you know, pick up the family, move them all there, no connections, no ties, no nothing. And within 30 days, it was like, oh, I, I, I didn't want this. This isn't what I wanted. I didn't <laughs> want this job. In fact, I put my head down and blocked out what I know now to be a whole bunch of noise internally saying, dude, 
this isn't you anymore. Like you've got other ambitions. It probably never was you, but you know, the, the time for us to get back to authenticity is now. And I was like, no, 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 no. What I need is that executive job. And when I have that executive job, then it'll all be fine. The problem is I'm in the wrong role. So I get the job. And I like to say, that's the moment where sort of my ego, which was driving all of these decisions got confronted fully by my authenticity. And that battle ensued for the balance of 2017. And it was a miserable year for me. So internally, just going through this identity crisis and pain and not sleeping and not being present. My wife's pregnant with our second, yeah, pregnant with our second kid. He was born in 2018. Uh, And I just was, I was like Adam Sandler in Click when he's fast forwarding, but I'm sitting at the table, like still there, the meat bag of me just staring there and eating. Like that was me. I was just completely not visible, not present. And, uh, and it, it yeah, drained me. It really took me, took me some time to kind of get some sense of like picking myself up and moving forward. But it was in that time or actually just before it's funny, even, even when I was driving for the executive position, like real estate investing popped up. I don't know why it just, maybe that was that squelched authentic voice, just sending me some signal like, Hey, start doing this, you know, start doing that. <laughs> so as time went on, I got more and more interested in real estate as sort of my, my desire to figure out a new path in my life after making you know, this big move and all the equity and the the pay, it's three, 400 grand a year. I mean, it's a big job. My wife stay at home, right? Like, how am I going to get out of this? So real estate kind of came up as the as the idea. And I, I bought a single, well, I had a single family. I bought two duplexes that were burrs. And then it, I remember thinking like, that was a lot of work, two tax bills, two closing documents, two everything for four units. And they're going to cash flow, what, like six, 800 bucks, maybe like after everything a month, maybe it felt like a lot of work. So I'm like, man, if I could buy like 10 or 12 of these at once, that would be better. So I, I kind of got interested in multifamily, was kind of playing with it, found GoBundance, which is how we met. And uh, in GoBundance, I, I kind of got challenged to think way bigger. And from that point, you know, bought a couple of multifamily myself with a partner. And then now uh, for the last year, uh, have been syndicating deals in Denver. And that's been my real estate path, if you will. <laughs> Man, there's a lot in there. So let's let's kind of go back to like, I hate to dig into the pain, but like, no. that's where we learn, right? So yeah. this 2017 year, so you got this corporate position, you got like the big pay, equity, everything. You move your family. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people can resonate with this. Like, yeah. you know, just just that like, I, I thought everything would be better. And also maybe like along the way, be like, it'll be good win, it'll be good win. Can you kind of speak to that? Like, how did you know, like, other than being miserable, that you just wanted a big shift? I mean, what else was going on in your mind at that time? You know, I, I think it's interesting. I think that there is there's two different paths people choose, right? At the very beginning of their career or in their 20s or whatever, right? Path A is results-based, path B is purpose-based. I chose results-based, right? And when you do that, when you do that, when you're chasing a result. So for me it was, and many people can I'm sure relate to this. Like, I don't know, I, you look back and you think you're crazy, but 21 it's like I I got to I got to get shit figured out here. I got to get the job, get married, right by the house. I got it. All this stuff's got to happen. Like I got to, I got to make momentum in my life at like 21, 22. Now as a 44 year old guy, looking back, it's like play, go, whatever, go be a stand-up comedian until 33. Like you could start like, you know, being serious <laughs> later, you know? Cause I think when you're 20, you think 30 is adulthood and then you're 30 and you're like, no, nah, I'm not an adult. And then it's like, oh, 40 is going to be when I figure stuff out. But what really happens between 30 and 40 is it goes in about seven seconds. And you start to become a little bit more alert and aware of how fast life is going to go. Hence the midlife crises people go through. But I chose the path of results. My path was, okay, I want to make as much money as I can to buy the house, get the wife, do all the things I'm supposed to do, check the boxes that I was conditioned to check. So the result was, oh, okay, that's a job. 
It pays well. I can do it. I'm actually pretty good at it. I like this place. It's pretty good, right? So I went down that path. But did I grow up wanting to be a claims adjuster? No. I grew up actually wanting to be a sportscaster. Like that was my ambition. And then, you know, over time, I just like, ah, eh, you know, not maybe that, but I didn't really explore it enough. And then I just jumped into claims just because I had to grow up. So over time, when you make the decision to be results-based with your career, when you're chasing the money or the outcome of what the money gives you, the position, uh, whatever it might be, I just think that whatever your center is, if you're watching this, my hand's like in the middle, whatever your center is in that decision, you just sort of break away a little bit. And it's not noticeable. Right, like the, your path is moving forward, but over years, like any like any angle, right, it just widens and widens and widens. So over time, you know, 30, 32, 35, 38, there's this thing tugging on me saying, dude, we're we're way off center now. Like who we are is way off of who we you know, who we what we're doing is way off of who we are. And it took me, I guess, going through that experience of getting the job and being like, why am I not satisfied to 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 be bludgeoned over the head with the idea of this because there's no external thing that's going to satisfy you. It's internal. Now, if I contrast it with, just to give the example and bring this point home, with somebody who follows like a purpose path, my partner is Mark Henteman, another GoBundance guy. He's my real estate partner. He loves real estate. It's what he does on the side, 200 million in assets on the side. I remember having this conversation with him. By day, he's a writer for Family Guy. Cool job. I got to go out there, go to Seth MacFarlane's birthday, go to the writer, writing studio for really cool, like just neat job. He would tell you in his teens, like he just loved writing and he loved writing comedy. So every day he would write comedy and he goes, yeah, I never worried about the outcome. Never worried about it. So he started writing comedy. Eventually he's writing for American greeting standing or American standard greeting cards. Then he gets an audition with David Letterman. And he's writing for David Letterman, gets fired by Letterman, moves to LA with the animated series. And they're like, well, we like it, don't love it. Meet this guy, Seth MacFarlane. He's starting something too. And voila. But every day he would just write purpose path. So for him, he's never had that. They're talking to him. He's like, no, I never had that. Like, I'm not aligned with myself. He's always been aligned with ourselves. I think That's he awesome. is the rare, rare exception. Most of us follow the results path. So I hope that answers your question, but how did I know in that year? It was just an ongoing battle. It wasn't a moment. It was like, what is happening here? Like, why can't I get over myself? Am I afraid of success? Start reading books. It could be this. It could be that. Imposter should, all these things. At the end of the day, what I learned was like, I just don't love this. And this just isn't me. And there's something in me that wants to be more whoever the hell I am. And I had to kind of, it took time to bring that path back to match what I, what I, what I love doing now, if that makes sense. So. I hope that answers your question. No, yeah. And I think, I mean, I won't stay here forever, but one more no, thing I, I want to ask is like, right. if someone's listening to this and they're, I mean, there's so many people like, I guarantee resonating with what you're saying, but like, oh man, this is me, right? Like, yeah. what do you, what do you suggest or how do you, because, oh, you know, like, you know, I had Pat and Tim on the show, their Quitters Manifesto, like they're, yeah. this kind of speaks to it as well a little bit, but like, if you're that person, what would you tell that person in that moment, because it is hard. Let's say you have a two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars salary, like all the stuff. You know, what would you recommend for people to like start doing? What we all do, and we do that. I do this still to this day. Our daily schedules are ridiculous. You wake up, maybe you do a meditation or something. Who knows? You have a little time for you, but then like it's into the day. Get the kids ready for school with the wife or husband. Go to work. Come home. You know, play with the kids help make dinner. You know, Maybe you have a side hustle. So after the kid, you do bedtime with the kids, you dive into your side hustle, go to bed, rinse, repeat the next day. We never, ever, ever give ourselves space. So number one thing I would tell you to do is take three full days and go solo. 
go somewhere solo. I call this a solo weekend. My wife and I do it every quarter now. It was an accidentally found sort of process where go away for three days. I go to a hotel up the street, like a Hampton Inn for $89. My wife goes to like the W Orlando or uh, or Fort Lauderdale. You know, like there's, there's a clear distinction between <laughs> how epic uh, each of our solo weekends are. Uh, but you can go to nature, whatever it is, but set an intention. What is it that's, okay, why am I blocked by life? Why am I feeling unfulfilled? What is it that my, my true purpose is? Like set a real intention for this weekend and then go into the weekend with understanding you're going to have to wind down. So, okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, you're going to be probably still like, oh crap, I got to text that person. I'm not available this weekend. Oh, that's right. I forgot to email this person back. Like you're going to be doing that stuff, kind of fighting things off. As you go into Saturday, the next day or whatever day you, you decide to do, at a certain point, it's going to get uncomfortable to not just jump on your phone or whatever and meditate and read and just be for a little bit. And as you go through Saturday night into Sunday, it's amazing how everything kind of calms down. And the two things I think you need to do for sure, and there's a few other things you can do, is you need to meditate and you need to journal. So you got the intention, give yourself some quiet space and journal all your thoughts. It doesn't even have to be organized. Just write things down that are up here, clear it, right? It's like, it's just a mess in here. So clear it out. So do all of that throughout the weekend. And by the end of it, with your intention in hand and you writing things down, you're going to get a lot closer. You're going to propel yourself a lot closer to solving the problem, whether it's I want to start a side hustle or I want to do another job in my industry, but it's not the, you know, whatever, like you're going to get a lot closer to that. So get quiet is step one. I always tell people that take a solo weekend. It's abs- it's it's mind-breaking, especially when you do it consistently. I do it every quarter, like I said, because I can tell when I'm at a point where there's too much happening, I got to dial this down and get some things out and, and just be clear for a moment. So do a solo weekend if you're unsure of what to do. The next thing is from that solo weekend, you're going to have ideas, thoughts, plans, something that you think, man, maybe I want to do this. So I, I want to I want to buy real estate. I want to start a side hustle, whatever it might be. There's stats out there that say that action taken within 24 hours of conception is 80% more likely to land. In other words, 80% more likely to have it happen, right? So within 24 hours, take a step, start the LLC, buy the book, analyze four deals, whatever it is, but take one step within 24 hours after your solo weekend, whatever you've written down, any ideas, stream of consciousness, take one of those things and do it, get in motion. Then the third thing is you have to be okay with the pivot. Here's what I learned exiting my W-2 job, going into real estate, online education, all the different things. Whatever version 1.0 was of me when I decided, oh, I'm going to exit and this is going to be my path. I'm at version you know, 11.7 now. And all of those iterations are going to happen, but we block ourselves often because coworkers might be like, didn't you say- you were going to do this. And now you're like, you're everywhere. Like, I don't know. You're confusing me. Like that judgment, (laughs) that judgment stops you from starting. Like I got to know exactly what I'm going to do. Otherwise I can't start. And it's quite the opposite. I always say this, don't ready, aim, fire, get ready with an idea, fire. And then once you fire, aiming happens after you fire. Every entrepreneur I, I talk to in Go Abundance, every entrepreneur I talk to anywhere for that matter that's what they do. They fire and they're like, oh shit, no, bad idea. Go back and go over here. Or, oh wow, I didn't think this was going to happen. So here's here's the next step. And then you're in the unknown and you're, you're charging forward. And again, version one will become version 12. And you have to be okay with the judgment and the, I don't know, the, the shiny object feeling that comes with your, your, your move from, I've been doing this job for 20 years. It's all I know. I don't know what I would do to, well, I got this idea. I don't know if it's the idea, so I'm not going to start, start and know that you're going to pivot. Oh, such good stuff, man. It's interesting. Like my wife and I were just talking about like a weekend away. 
same thing, like not to get really into my situation right now, similar thoughts. Like I'm like, oh man, so much in here right now. I got to just get it out. So yeah, I mean, first of all, for me, this is incredible. I'm definitely going to find a weekend and go away. (laughs) My wife's going to be like, when do I get my weekend? By yourself, (laughs) right? Yeah, that's the key. Some people do this like, oh, my wife and I are going to get away without the kids. It's like, that's not a solo weekend, right? Like I actually wrote this all out. I'll send it to you. You can drop it in the show notes, but it's a PDF. What to do on a solo weekend. There's six things you can do. The first two I told you the most important, believe it or not, meditate and journal. The next two most important are to sleep and to eat. That's three and four. You can read, you can exercise. Those are the other two, if you want to. No need to, but no phone, no calling people, no interactions with folks. Sit in the room, get quiet, and just allow this uncomfortable, you know, go-go tension to melt. And it you'll hit you'll hit that point of like, I gotta go do something. I'm gonna go exercise. Like that's the moment. That's when you know you're about to break through to a sense of calm and clarity on the other side of that, you know, when you're feeling that, and it usually happens Saturday midday. my experience. So no, I think, you know, so on your show, we talked a lot about like, you know, we resonated a lot basically with like the team. So we can talk about that a little bit after this, but you know, what I was driving at was basically what's that kind of breakthrough, you know, like hearing you say Saturday noon, then here's the tips. Like it was like, that's super, super powerful. So I hope, I hope, I mean, I know it'll help some people out there. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about you. Like you were in this thing. So how did you, I mean, did you follow your own path? Like, did you do this solo weekend thing to kind of break away? Or was it like something you found along the way? No, so you're so, in, you're in Michigan. You're like, ah, oh, man, I'm just not loving life. How did the kind of the transition go for you? Yeah. I, the solo weekend was born this whole idea of, so I, you know, I, I felt disconnected from my job 2017 that something was off. Um, I started looking at real estate in that, in the path of, of going into real estate. Like I love the outcome of real estate. I love what real estate does, tax advantages, cash flow, all of that stuff. But I realized as well, like there's parts of real estate I don't like. I don't like underwriting deals. We talked about that, right? I don't yeah. like, you know, construction or rehab. Like, I mean, I love seeing the outcome, but I'm not the guy that like, oh man, I can't wait to dive into this property and tear it apart, whatever. What do I like? I love the interactive part of real estate, raising capital, investor relations. I love marketing. I want to be a sportscaster, which means I like storytelling, right? So building a brand kind of became my thing. Like I, I built a brand within real estate, which attracted capital and investors and, and I'm sorry, and deals. And that's kind of the path I went down, right? So I start building this brand while I have my W-2 job. I start buying real estate while I have my W-2 job. The brand becomes like, oh, well, wait, people want to want to get closer to some of the things I'm doing, some of the things I'm teaching and I've learned. So, you know, I've got this online education company launching at the same time as all of this. And I came to January 2021, my so almost two years ago now, my 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 accountability pod uh challenged me because I kept saying I want to go away for a month to a destination of my choosing with my wife and kids. And I wasn't doing it. And they were like, well, either do it or stop talking about it in the next call. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So February, we decided we're going to go to South Florida for the month. My wife and kids flew down and with you know comfortably. And I drove with the dogs and the toys or whatever from Michigan to South Florida. And on that drive, I've got this, I've got this real estate portfolio that I'm building. I've got momentum with this online education business. My bigger pockets episode had just come out, like literally like January 30th, like just came out. And the next day I'm in a car driving to uh driving to Florida in freezing cold weather out of Michigan. So all of this is kind of swirling. And this is what happened. I get on the road, I'm making phone calls, I'm listening to podcasts, whatever. But then like there's only so much that you can do, right? Before it's like, okay, I, I don't, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And in that instance, like I can't just jump on my phone and play. Like I got to focus on the road. So it's the road in my brain. So for hours and hours. This is what happened. Like I started thinking about like, how much do I make on the side? What are my expenses? What do I have saved? 
What am I afraid of? Biggest question, what's the potential for what I've built if I'm if I if I focus fully on it, right? So all of these things are going through my brain. You know, I stopped a couple of times, met with a guy in my pod, GoBundance pod in Charleston and kind of kept it going down from there. And it kept coming up, kept coming up, kept coming up. And yeah, by the time I got to South Florida, I had made the decision, like I'm, I'm quitting my job. But when I get back after this month, I'm out. And I literally left six weeks later. I came back and, and you know, I, I quit. I wanted to quit on March 12th because it was the 21 year anniversary of my start date, March 13th. So I did. I quit on March 12th, 2021 and walked away. And so, but that that trip down was the, wow, okay, if I allow myself to actually think and get past the, whatever it is, the desire to numb, you know, like these thoughts that are bubbling up, like, oh, let me just go on Instagram quick, or let me go do this. If I actually let myself think for a minute, I get some pretty good clarity on what's next for me. And to be honest with you, the other part too is my ambitions and goals were really big. And I think when you set them too small, there's so many possibilities that you can that you can do to get to that goal that you kind of stay in place because oh I can do this I can do that but when you like you know five ten twenty x the goal like you get a lot of clarity on like there's really only one thing that I can do here there's not many things for me to get here like I got to do this and the thing blocking me is the job like I needed to see that by stretching the goal and sort of stretching out all of these life. Uh, moments for me and seeing like, okay, well, this is the action step. Why can't I take that action step? Oh, it keep coming back to the job. I can't have the job anymore. And that was how I made the leap. Awesome. All right. So you have 2017 and then all the way to 2021. I mean, that's kind of a long time. Like, were you yeah. were you in kind of a tough mental place throughout the whole time? Or were you just like, eh, it is what it is? No. Or you like found maybe your new passion. So it was a little bit easier. What was like, you know, what was your path? Because that's a, you know, it's a long time. And I, yeah. I won't be able to hear this because this is kind of what like Quitter's Manifesto talked about too. Is like a lot of times you can't just quit because you're unhappy, right? Like right. it does take some time. So let's talk about that brief period of time there. Yeah, 2017 into 2018 was what I described. It was, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. What the hell's going on? Why do I feel this way? Uh, whatever. Just I, I was a miserable wreck. My wife finally said to me, hey, we moved here because I was traveling a bunch in the job before. We moved here for you to be here, but you're not here. Like you're physically here, but you're not here. That was probably a turning point as we were getting into 2018. So that's the year that I kind of set the intention, like, you know what, real estate's my path. And I started looking at buying multifamully properties. I joined GoBundance at this point as well. So I, I got into I got into all of that and I had something that I could latch on to. So it was like, okay, day job is happening, but then I can leave the day job and go do the stuff that I really want to do, right? And build the stuff on the side. So no, I wasn't as I as I started to sort of you know, deprioritize the the attention and and energy around the day job, which felt so natural. Like I, I I was playing the guy that's like, you know, it's important that we get these results at work. And I really didn't care. I really didn't care. And I allowed myself to kind of get there, almost like quiet quitting, they call it today. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I put all that passion and energy into the side hustle that I was building, this this brand and real estate portfolio that I was building. So I felt really good. I felt like there was momentum towards something. And then it became at a certain point, like I said, like I, how do I figure my way out of this job? And I could have done it sooner if I gave myself time to think and be quiet and actually have those moments. But so yeah, it took like 2018, like probably the second half of 2018 is when I really got serious through 2019 into 2020. And then at the end of 2020 was when the thoughts started and the beginning of 2021 is when I exited. So no, it was by having something like I said, you go and you do your solo weekend. If somebody's going to take me up on that, go do your solo weekend. And then you take one step toward, you know, one action within 24 hours. Like that's essentially that action blossomed into multiple actions and multiple results, if you will, that served me 
that I loved, that it was more about the process than it was, or the, or the purpose than it was about the outcome that I was getting at my day job. And so that, that sustained me and gave me clarity and drive and ambition and motivation to keep building this thing, if that makes sense. No. Yeah. I mean, cause then you, at that point, it seems like even though maybe you still have your, your day job, at least you have this passion to kind of focus on. Right. So like maybe you weren't quite as miserable sort of what I'm hearing. Like yeah. at least you had a path in your mind. And then once that sort of road trip came, you had clarity, but yeah, super good stuff, man. I appreciate you being so no, that's okay. honest. The other thing I would say, like one thing I, I didn't, like I look back and I think about, it, I'm glad I didn't because my, my journey is my journey, but you know, there were jobs within the, it's a big company. Press was a, you know, 50,000 person company. There were jobs within that company at lower levels that I probably would have enjoyed. You know, like if I really needed to have an income, if I felt like, you know what, I'm not ready to just jump. I need something, but I don't need as much as I make. I could cut back a little bit, keep my health benefits, keep my PTO or whatever it is, right? But but I want to I want to build more time in with a job that maybe is a bit more flexible that allows me to do that was an option. I just didn't think about it. Like I was all plan A. There was no plan B for me. So it really depends on the individual. But that was another option. I I didn't I didn't consider for me. But I think I, when I talk to people, it's something that people should consider. The biggest challenge with that is your ego. You have to say to the company and all these people you've worked with and this ascension that you've had, uh, you know what? I'm going to take a step back and then ward off the ooh, what happened? He probably wasn't performing well, right? That's why he got stepped down. <laughs> you know, like you're going to have to just deal with the fact that that noise is going to be there and uh, and go with it. But anyway, just one other thought. Love it. Okay. So let's kind of then go from there. You're on this road trip. All right. I'm out. Where did you go from there to here? Like give us that kind of timeline. Yeah. So real estate and and continuing to build our portfolio was the the number one objective, but we weren't finding anything. It was hard. We were looking in Michigan, Ohio for, you know, I don't know, 10 to 30 unit apartment buildings. We flirted with something a little bit bigger, but Anyway, so we were keep looking for these properties. Meanwhile, we're repositioning what we do have, some cash flow. And for me, the online education space was sort of my sustaining grace, right? Like this mastermind world that I built. Like I love community. That's why I love being in GoBundance. I've talked about it seven times already. But the program that I put together, I really love seeing the results people get. And I put a lot of time and energy into that. So when I left my job, it was like, okay, I've got a few grand a month in passive income. I got six figures saved, 120, 130 grand saved. My monthly expenses, if I went like, like base level is probably about what my passive income, maybe four grand, maybe four grand a month I could get by on if I needed to. Don't want to, but I got this 120 sitting over here where I can subsidize myself for a period of time. What can I create in a year? Like what can I do in a year? So real estate, it's funny. When I first left, I got offered by Mark to say, hey man, why don't you come partner with me with Quantum Capital and we'll syndicate deals together. I've got 150 million in assets. It's me and one other guy. I could use a marketing and investor relations presence. That seems to be your thing. Jump in with me. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm good right now. Thanks, but no thanks. And I stayed with what I was trying to do, which was buy real estate. And as time went on, I remember we got another property under contract. I'm sorry, real estate. And then I was building my online education business. But as time went on, we got another property under contract, probably four or five months after I quit a 22 unit in Metro Detroit. And I, I remember like, ah, oh, we got to go through all of this, like repositioning stuff, bringing the, <laughs> who's the management company, all this stuff. Right. And around that time, Mark came around again, like, Hey, what do you think? Jump in with us. Come on, come to quantum, be a partner with us. And I remember thinking like, you know what, why am I not? He's buying the same stuff at volume with a much better broker relation uh, network than I have. He's got 150 million worth of assets. He's got a team or, you know, he's building a team. I want to do 
investor relations and marketing. That's what I want to do in real estate. That's what he's offering for me to do, to have a general partnership stake in every deal and every asset and in the company. Or I could try to reposition this 22 unit and deal with all the stuff I don't like doing. I'm going to wholesale <laughs> this. So we wholesaled the 22 unit to another buyer and jumped in with Mark. Uh, that was what, September of last year. And we've done 10 deals in that time. And I get a Whoa. slice of the GP, which means I get a slice of the acquisition fee. You know, I get a slice of the uh, of the equity on the GP side. I invest in every deal. You know, there's not a ton of cash flow right now because most of our deals are in the repositioning phase. But, you know, I've made a good amount of money uh, as a syndicator on ACK fees. That's, you know, given me, given me income for the year, if you will. And the deals that we're doing are, are nice little seeds that we planted that are going to grow and blossom over the next, you know, three to seven years. So that's kind of what I've I've been focused on after about six months out of the out of the job, online education company and syndicating with Quantum Capital. Cool. Okay, let's talk about your education. So let's pitch it. What are you uh, What are you teaching? Like, if someone's listening and they want to learn, what's your program? Yeah, it's actually a lot of uh, what we've talked about as far as you know. How do I get myself unstuck and moved toward in you know quickly in the direction of where I want to go? So I partnered with GoBundance. We built something called Emerge and Ascend. We're actually rebranding it as Emerge Supercharged. That's launching in the new year. But it starts with an eight-week accelerator course going through establishing what is your vision, what are your goals, you know, and giving you giving you support and guidance on whether or not that makes sense for what you've articulated you're trying to do, you know, implementing the right habits how to put a planning system in place, and then how to leverage community. So we go in three phases between clarity, building confidence, and then the last phase is community and how to leverage that for accountability toward getting to your goals. And then the mastermind portion of it, which is after the eight weeks, is a lot of incredible content and accountability around what you're trying to accomplish. So we do a weekly content call. It's uh, We do wealth in the first week of the month. We do something like relationships or health in the second week. We do a, a, a review of goals the third week. And then the fourth week, we do a mindset call with a coach named Jason Dries. He comes in and coaches the group, does group coaching. We have accountability pods. We have these little micro tribes, like a content creator's micro tribe, a dad's micro tribe, all these little communities within the community where people can engage on topics that are of interest to them. And the objective of all of it and what we've been able to accomplish, we put 500 people through Emerge, 200 through Ascend. So altogether in Emerge Supercharged, there'll be those 200. And I think 45 people have become millionaires. We've had three or four dozen quit their jobs and, and go on to entrepreneurial endeavors. But we teach that. We teach you. When I quit my job, it was like, wait, wait, you're 42 years old and you made 400 grand. How'd you, I want to quit. How'd you quit your job? I don't know how to do that. I, you know. So I'll, my brand all of a sudden kind of became that. Like, how do I help people with this? And so the course that I've designed is sort of there to, to help people with that or anything they're stuck with, but it, it tends to focus there. Wow, man, so good. So, how much of your time is spent on that? I guess let's just let's just say that question. Like, how much time do you spend, quote unquote, working now versus before you quit your job? Probably too little. <laughs> a typical morning, I get up between anywhere between four and seven. It depends on like I'm sometimes in a groove of like, like I just like getting up super early, and then sometimes I get up at seven. But you know, if I get up at four or or early, I'll do some things like you know I'll write my newsletter. You know putz around, do a meditation. Like, I don't really, it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm going crazy. We get the kids ready for school. I go to the gym with my wife, come home around nine, nine thirty, maybe 10 o'clock. Uh, and that's usually when I start my day. And I go usually 10 to four ish, 10 to five ish, maybe each day with one exception, Tuesdays, a late night. I do some stuff with my, my emerge supercharged community on Tuesday evenings, but yeah, we, you know, probably I, I work way less. And then there's the cliche of like, it's not work if you love what you're doing, if that makes sense. So like Thanksgiving day here in the Dominican, it's not celebrated. And I was like, cool. It's nothing on my calendar. I can actually create some content and do some things I really like doing. Right. So yeah, I, you know, my actual like time on task is probably six to six hours a day typically. And the rest of the week I try to spend and balance out with this adventure that we're on with family and everything else. Awesome. All right. 
So you just touched on it a little bit. Where are you living now? I mean, I know, but let's share. I think you already shared Dominican Republic. But what was it yeah. like to, and your wife's Dominican, right? So yes. was that part of the decision? But what what was it like to make the leap for the move? Because I mean, a lot of people want to move somewhere, right? Yeah. Out of the States or whatever. Give us some insight on that. Like, was it your wife's idea? Was it your idea? Both you guys? Like, how'd that go? Yeah, I told you we went to South Florida for a month. That became like, wow, this month long thing is pretty cool. So 10 months later, we came here. For a month, we spent two weeks with my with her uncles and aunts that still live here. Like she immigrated when she was a kid, but she has a lot of relatives here. So we spent two weeks with them, two weeks on a resort, and it was there that we were we both kind of I, I don't know, it was sort of simultaneous. Like, what if we did this for a while? And we didn't know what that meant. Like three months, six months, and we just sort of like the hell with it. What if we just do a year? Maybe we do two, but let's do a year and kind of check it out. So we made the decision in January of this past year that we were going to do it. And then as the months went on, there wasn't like a lot of action other than we kind of stated it into being, we told people, which made us feel committed to it. And then as, as time went on, it just became like, okay, well, we got to figure out all these different things. And to be honest with you, it was it was overwhelming because it's like, okay, what day do we move? Where do we live? A school for the kids? What about health insurance? Like there were, there was like a list of questions. And I, my co- I have a coach, Jason Drees, and I was talking to him and he always says this. And I, I mentioned it earlier. He's like, you know, what feels like the next thing that you should do? And I said, I should book a flight. It just kind of like came up. He's like, that's your that's your authentic voice telling you book a flight. So that day I remember I was heading to the gym and I stopped I'm like, the hell with it. I'm just going to book a flight. So I, it was like mid-July and we were going to move in August sometime. We didn't know what day. I just went online and I looked. I'm like, August 23rd. I picked that day. I looked at flights. I'm like, okay, let me look at the days around it. Just, you know, what's the cheapest day? 23rd happened to be the cheapest day. I don't know, intuitive guidance, whatever, but I picked the right day. Cheapest day, got four first-class flights, four first-class flights uh, to the Dominican Republic for me and my, my family. And then it was like, okay, well, that's done. So like, now what? So what went from sort of like an even line across of all these different things, like, where do I start? Like asking myself, well, what do I think I should start? Like, what's the, not even what do I think, but what do I feel? Like, what's the, if I ask you like, snap, what, what, what do you say? What is it? And I was like, book the flight. So I booked the flight and then it was almost like, okay, I stepped into a new room and things started like, okay, now there's really only like two things. If you book the flight now, naturally you got to live somewhere. So find a place to live. So we, we, we went on Airbnb and we got a place, we were moving late August. We got a place for the rest of August and all of September in a, in a secure community until we figured things out. So it was like four grand or five grand to get this place for five weeks. Not bad, you know, not like cheap, but not expensive for that long a time. We're like, cool. While we're there, then we can explore and find the place we want to stay in more permanently, right? And then it's like, oh, okay, well, so we got a, we got a, that, we got a place to live. Oh, we need a car. How do we want to do a car? I talked to a guy that's actually in Gobanuswan who did this exact same thing. He's from the Dominican years ago. He came down here. He's like, don't buy lease. They don't lease down here. Well, my wife's half brother has like a little car dealership. We explained what a lease was, and he's like, yeah, I'll do that. So we leased a car for the year, right? <laughs> nice. So like, okay, check. You know what I'm saying? Like. The point, and I could go yeah. step by step, like, okay, which school, eh, whatever. But the point is we just kind of went, when I when I took that first action, it revealed the next action. Like I said before, ready, fire, aim. Like, okay, we're ready to go. If I aim, I'm going to be aiming and we're going to be a mess by the time we, when are we going to go? So the next thing was fire. So fire on the flight. That sounds weird, but you know what I'm saying? Fire and get the flight. <laughs> so we got the flight and that literally just sort of, it just, it was like, it just narrowed the options at each step and became more clear, like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So, so yeah. So once we got here, we went and looked at the three schools that we were considering for our kids. They're all private schools. One's a Montessori, two are traditional international schools. They're all a mix of English and Spanish. So it's like, we actually preferred it to be all Spanish, just immerse them, but 
is what it is. And then honestly, once we got once we got here, there was things like, oh wow, I got sick. I had this like thing that I was dealing with. Like, who's the doctor? Where's the hospital? And we found a place, a <laughs> private clinic, and I went through a whole bunch of stuff, procedures, and even had like a, a minor a minor uh, surgery or whatever. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, figured it out. Like you know, so once you're here, you just kind of have to. I think we have way more ingenuity as human beings than we think we do. So that first step of like, let me just get there. Like you're gonna figure out the next step. It may not be as comfy and cozy as like I'm in my house, in my town, in my little neighborhood, and all of this. Like you know, I know exactly how to control everything. It's a little different in that regard. But man, I'll tell you, my context has expanded by being here so much that now it's hard for me to relate to the voice of the person that I used to be when I hear it from other people. For instance, I get this question a lot. Is it safe? Which to me is ridiculous. I'm here. I'm operating and living. My kids are in school. Like That's the dumbest question in the world. But I used (laughs) to ask that question. I used to ask that same question, right? So, But now there's so many layers between the version of me that asked that question and the expanded context that I've created by being here that I can't even do anything but say like, yeah, it's safe. Like, otherwise it would be like, you know, tw- like, <laughs> let me break this down, like all the way through, you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. so yeah, that your, your context naturally expands. Like we are so much more than what we give ourselves credit for as human beings. So, you know, that person who's 38, 40, 45, like, I don't know, when I was going through quitting my job, one thing that came to me was like, Hey, look, I always lament if only I could tell my 22 year old self something because it was so easy then. And now I've got a mortgage and a wife and kids and it's complex. But at some point I said, well, what does my 90-year-old self say? Because 90-year-old self would be like, you're healthy, you're in your prime earning years, and you've got the ability to go wherever you want. You're, you're vital. I'm about to die. This is complex. You think 22-year-old wasn't complex? Sure, for 44-year-old or 42-year-old. But for 90-year-old, 42% or 42-year-old's a breeze, right? So when I did that kind of future pacing or future stating, it became like, what am I waiting for? Am I going to be you know bent over? Oh, let me stand up. Yeah, kids, let's go. Let's go do something. It's like, I want to do this now. I want to go live now. I only get one of these spins on earth. So that was a that was something that really propelled me. And then once we got in motion, it's like anything. We're settled in. We got a life here. We have a routine. You know? Love it. So I guess let's let's talk a little bit more about like your routine. So do you would you describe your it's kind of a dumb question to ask, but like, are you more happy right now, perhaps, than you would be at home? You think? Like, I totally understand the expanded view. Totally get that. Like, and the question of is it safe? Like classic for people who Maybe you've never traveled third world, but are you, I guess, let's just say like, I guess, happy you're there. Are you happy you made this choice? Like, no. Are you loving life? Not, yes, but not, it's funny. Like I, I talk about external to internal. Being here doesn't make us happy. The idea that we're here makes us happy. Does that make sense? Like it's, hey, we want to, we want to live the life that we want on our terms. Part of that is we would love to explore and give our kids the experience of another another culture, another language, another country, and all of that stuff. So the satisfaction and the happiness is that we actually are doing this and we're not wishing to do it. But being here, it's it's in many ways, it's hard. Like there's no Amazon. You don't call a store to see if they have something because they don't freaking answer the phone. Um <laughs> I go to a, I went to a Starbucks type place the uh, yesterday. Three people in line. I'm the third. One cashier. Four people preparing whatever people have ordered. Third person in line. I ordered a chai latte. Took 35 minutes. Pace of life way slower. Ease of getting around way different. You know, ease of getting things like like Amazon and all that stuff way different. Even going to the doctor, they don't do appointments. So culturally, 
This is my wife's explanation. So I'm going to go with it. Culturally, like being on time is just not a thing. And I know this for sure because I, my wife and her family are like notoriously late to everything, but it's not a thing. Doctors need to make a living. If they said, yeah, your appointment's at 1030, yours is at 11, yours is at 1130, people wouldn't show up till two o'clock. It would be like a waste of time and energy. So what they do is they say, I'm the gastroenterologist or I'm the endocrinologist. I'm in from 10 to two on Wednesday, show up and I can see you within those hours. So everyone floods there at 930 and you wait, you wait with everybody to go into, you know, until your number is called to go in to see this doctor. So it's not like, oh, my appointment's at 1030. I can walk over, which it's walking distance. I can walk over at 1015, be seen at 1030, out at 1040. No, I'm there at 915 or 8, 8, 930. And I'm there till noon, just sitting there, like waiting, you know, like Wi-Fi is okay in the place, not great, you know? So there's a lot of inconveniences externally, but the manifestation of an ambition and a goal and a purpose that we have to expose our kids to things and live life on our terms, that's making us happy. The fact that we did it, not the place that we're in, this doesn't make us happy. Oh yeah. No, I like love that so much. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I, you know, I catch myself in this. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, when this happens, that'll be good. Yeah, or like when do. I get to that goal, right? Like definitely catch myself in that cycle. And I, I, assume people listening can resonate with that. So the answer was so good. And so clear is like in happiness comes from internal stuff. Right. And like the manifestation of that goal could probably help you feel some happiness or maybe like living your life in your own terms, a better way you described it. But to say, I'm going to move to X place and I'll be happy. That's not reality. Right. So I love your honesty and clarity too. I'm not well, And to be to be clear, I spent 20 years seeking external means of happiness, right? Like I spent a whole career, <laughs> like when I get that job, when I get that job, no, 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 when I get that job, like that's gonna be it. And never did it actually hit and then finally broke apart in the story I told you. So trust me, I've spent plenty of time going one way and spent did a lot of work, energy, time, money spent on communities and masterminds and all coaching to bring myself to a place of like, you know, look internally first. This, I'm not perfect with this, but in that regard, yeah, you're absolutely right. Spot on. Awesome. All right, Jamie, this has been a great show, man. Like I, I think, you know, for me, this is just blew me away. It hit like so many like deep places. So I appreciate all of your honesty. I'm going to skip the mindset questions because we already kind of covered a lot of them. It was like morning routine and we covered a ton of mindset work. So I'm just going to kind of skip all that, but where can people find you? How can people reach out, learn more about what you have going on? Yeah, yeah. The the best places right now. I'm I'm 2023 for me is the year of YouTube. So I've told my directed my team on this. Like that's where we need to grow. So if you go to uh, YouTube and look up Jamie Gruber, that's my channel. You can look me up on on Instagram at the Jamie Gruber. I think YouTube is youtube.com slash at the Jamie Gruber. I think that's literally the the uh the the URL. So either of those places are great. DM me on Instagram and I'd be happy to engage. Then my website, jamiegruber.com, has everything on it as well. Love it, man. This is so good. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you, brother. Oh, what an incredible show. Jamie's just cool, man. He's just a great guy to talk to. The pre-show and post-shows, it's so easy because he's so fun and so energized. And the tip he gave on you know, moving for his family didn't give them happiness, but having life on his own terms, maybe fulfilling some dreams, things like that. That's kind of where you grab it. And it's really coming from within. So like for me, that tip alone was just incredibly powerful. So I sincerely hope that helped at least some other people. It definitely helped me. So anyway, thanks for being here. I always say that if you can tell somebody about this podcast, uh, if you give us a five-star review, that'd be super helpful as well. But all the same, thank you for taking your time to be here. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Mindset Podcast. 
If you've enjoyed the content today, please follow this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to head over to wildoakcapital.com for more information or to connect with Eric directly. Please take a moment to leave a review or tell a friend about what you've listened to today. We hope you'll tune in again soon.